Hello, listeners, and welcome to the 13 Weeks of Halloween. <laughs> Hello. Hello. How's it going? It's going well. How about you? I am doing very well. I feel a lot more energized now that we turned the air conditioning back on and I had a <laughs> cup of coffee. <laughs> we were literally just recording the the mini-sode and I was like, towards the end, I was like, and then I myself. Like, literally just, like, could not make words. I was, like, falling asleep. And I realized it was because I had a hoodie on. And we we have to turn the air off while we're recording because uh, it makes too much noise. So I was, like, wearing a hoodie and in the heat. And it's, I don't know, six billion degrees outside. So I was, like, I was I was sweating, like, like... Like Meghan Markle on her way to family dinner. I was just, I was just sweating like a motherfucker while we were recording the mini-sode. But I'm feeling much better now. Good. How are you? <laughs> I'm fine. I'm exhausted. Probably should have had a cup of coffee, but I'm fine. Do you, And you didn't have a Red Bull today, did you? Yes, I did. When? I drank it in between the end of recording the main part of this episode and recording the mini-sode. You just chugged it? Well, I didn't chug it, but... It, it just, <laughs> you just, like, shotgunned a Red Bull in my kitchen? I, I did drink it rather quickly, but no, I didn't, like... I didn't, like, chug it, no. When you do that, do you, like, bounce off the walls for a little bit? Not really. Do you turn into vibranium? No. Do you just, like, sit there and shake? <laughs> she just, she's just, like, viciously vibrating. Not even shaking, because she's not moving. But there is just like everything is a little bit fuzzy. <laughs> no, Red Bull doesn't really make me like hyper. I don't I don't know what it is. It just makes me more like alert. It does the same thing for me, but I've come to realize that I cannot have it. Yeah, I know you had said. It's terrible. And I it it sucks especially because I don't like the taste of Red Bull. I find it to be pretty horrifically disgusting, if I'm being honest. But it is very helpful when I show up to the club and I'm like, I want to fucking die. Let me have this Red Bull so that I can put on a good show. And then I run on stage and I'm like, I'm a Looney Tune. And I just bounce <laughs> off the fucking walls. Uh, it's it's nice in in that instance because it does help me to uh, it does help me to put on a good show for the people and, and be a real human. But I, I can't justify it because at least when i'm doing a show like i'm up on my feet i'm dancing i'm running i'm i'm yelling at people i'm mm-hmm. kicking them like they're sharks and uh <laughs> we'll get to we'll, that we'll get to that later <laughs> this episode has already jumped the shark this episode has jumped the shark twice and you don't even know it <laughs> uh we we are of course recording this 
uh, a bit out of order today. We re- we normally record our mini-sode to get into the swing of things, and then we jump into our main-a-sode, and that's that, that the end. But today, we recorded part of the main episode, then the mini-sode, and now we're recording the other, like, two-thirds of the main episode. And the reason is we have a very special episode for you today, kids. We invited a friend of ours to discuss one of our favorite movies. We are... I'm just going to jump right into it, I think, right? Yeah. Uh, We are discussing one of our favorite fucking movies from the 1990s. It is a classic. It is a beloved movie to all of the queerdos out there. (laughs) It is... 1996's infamous movie, The Craft, starring uh, Feruza Balk, Nev Campbell, Rachel True, and Robin Tunney. It is a beloved movie of our generation, I think. Yeah, no, I mean, I certainly love it. I I know a a lot of gay people particularly who feel the same way. Why do you think that is? Why do you think queer people gravitate towards this movie so much? I mean, I think, and we kind of get into this a little bit in the interview, but mm-hmm. I think um, I think a lot of it has to do with just feeling like an outsider and feeling like an outcast and mm-hmm. that's feeling something Feeling like you that, get your yeah. revenge. Feeling like you might want to, certainly. Uh, yeah, I say revenge like in a very passive way in reality, but in the movie yeah. it's a very real thing. Um, you know, I, I think you're right. I think this movie speaks to a lot of queer people because it gives them power that mm-hmm. they don't have in high school. And I I think that not only is it power, but it's like a femme power. So yeah. it speaks to women, it speaks to queer people, it speaks to uh, weirdos, it speaks to people, anyone who has been marginalized or othered. And I, I know I mentioned this in the, in the interview, but the idea of being the weirdos mm-hmm. kind of gives you an identity in high school when you are otherwise kind of robbed of it when you're weird. Yeah. I feel like when you're when you're a, a weird kid, everyone makes you feel weird. And so you have one of two options. You can either retreat and just kind of like hunker down and, and you know, grit your teeth and get through it. Or you lean into the weird and you just like, you're like, well, I'll show you. And this movie for everyone kind of gives them the release of like, well, what if I'll show you paid off? Yeah. In a tangible (laughs) way. Yeah. In a tangible way, because in, in a, an emotional way, I think a lot of people get something from that in high school, but I don't think there's a, a tangible, uh, I don't think there's a tangible benefit to it in high school anyway. But that said, we are going to be talking about the craft and a lot of other shit (laughs) with a wonderful, wonderful guest. We reached out to a friend of the pod, someone I happen to love quite a bit. Uh, They are one of the founders and creators of Pero Like, of BuzzFeed fame. They are a a fashion icon, a, a social media personality, and just a generally, like, really fucking cool person, we are bringing on 
Curly Velasquez. And I hope you guys all know Curly. If you don't, you can check him out on Instagram or on YouTube. He has some of the best videos. His videos with his grandma are not to be missed. His <laughs> his abuela is just the cutest fucking thing and the videos are hysterical. So we brought on uh, Curly to talk about some witchy shit and some uh, spooky shit and some craft. Yeah. So, I'm not going to hold up the interview anymore. Let's get into it. Enjoy, kids. Here we go. Well, we are here on my spooky gay family with a very spooky queer person. We have a an actor, producer, social media star, and fashion icon who happens to be one of my favorite people in the world, Curly Velasquez. Hello, Curly. Woo! Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be hanging with both of y'all. Already we've been giggling, by the way. It is our pleasure. For your listeners who don't know this, we have been giggling for the past, like, 15 minutes. Like, we weren't even recording. We're already starting laughing. I know. We... (laughs) You are literally the first person we have ever interviewed on this podcast that got here early. And so you literally were like, hello. And I I didn't even have the headphones on. I was like, who is talking to me? I was like, my God, the Sudafed kicked in quick. I was like, why am I having hallucinations? Anybody who knows me Um, like in real life as my friend knows that that is very me to show up early almost like I'm people think I feel like I'm kind of rude about it because they'll be like the party starts at 3 30 <laughs> and I'm like great I'll be there at two and like no one will be ready for you <laughs> no one is dressed no one wants you here at two a.m <laughs> you get there at 2 a.m and you're like ringing the bell you're like I brought potato salad and they're yeah. like do you realize what time it is <laughs> yeah and best part is I don't help I sit there I sit there eat and start eating like the chips and the guac <laughs> I'm like when is everybody getting here (laughs) and they're like in four hours when we told them to curl it (laughs) so it's very me very in spirit (laughs) that's amazing you grew up in california right yes i'm born and raised in hollywood uh like hollywood proper which is not only rare because you'll meet people like oh you're from la oh my god you're like a unicorn you're like yeah but i'm from hollywood which were even more um it's really funny too because you mentioned uh that you had a story which i want to hear about hollywood but when I work with BuzzFeed and when BuzzFeed first moved deeper into Hollywood proper, a lot of the employees were like talking about kind of how wild it is there. Like, well, what are we going to do? Are we going to have security? Are we going to do this? Well, what's going to happen? And they do, they have security. Um, But it was, it was cracking me up because I texted all of my cousins being like, yo, these people are tripping out over Hollywood. Like they don't even know, like, but it's what, it's all we know. (laughs) It's like, it's our home. Like it is where we grew up. It's what we understood. And, We'd love to hear it. We'd love when people are like, it's wild out here. We're like, we know. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what's funny about Hollywood? Two things. I don't think people realize how big Hollywood is. Like, it is, at least from my understanding, it's like kind of massive. Because you can be in like, you can be like in in the hills Mm-hmm. Or you could be in practically downtown LA. Yes. Well, Hollywood, it's like there's different types. There's like the Hollywood Hills, there's North Hollywood, there's West Hollywood, and then there's like Hollywood proper. And like Hollywood mm-hmm. proper is like, um, it kind of, it doesn't stretch too far into downtown LA, but like you, you're right. Like you'll be like, I live in Hollywood. And you're like, where? You're like North Hollywood. I'm like, oh girl, you live in North Hollywood. You don't live in Hollywood. You know, like it's very like... <laughs> 
And then there's there's also East Hollywood. Um, but I don't know that I don't know that we would say that West Hollywood is part of Hollywood or but we would say that East Hollywood is part of Hollywood. So I don't know. It gets really conf- confusing. But um, it's already confusing. I have no idea where yeah, we are. You're like, I'm, I'm like, as far as about. I'm. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, like North Hollywood is basically Napa. I have no idea where we are in the world. But like, you know what? (laughs) LA LA County is massive. You will drive like two hours out and nonstop and still be in LA County. And you're like, bitch. And people are like, I'm from LA. I'm like, this is not LA. You live in the (laughs) desert. (laughs) I went to, uh, where was I? I I think I was in, um, is it Pomona? Pomona, yeah, that- I think, yeah, Pomona, I think, I believe is still LA County, and you're like, girl, there's gotta be. There's a, yeah, there's a bar out there that hired me to come out and do uh, a show one night. Um, it was, it was an amazing bar, and God help me if they're listening right now, because I cannot remember the name we, yeah, But, um, they were so, so sweet. They were, they were the sweetest, sweetest people, and, uh, I, I had the best time, but, stupid me i was like oh i'm going to la i'll 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 do this while i'm there and i'll do that while i'm there and i'm like alibi literally which one alibi no it wasn't alibi it was or it was just outside pomona maybe maybe three i can't remember it was like six it was it was numbers 340? 340 restaurant? 340. It was 340. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it was a lot of... Have you ever been to 340? Um, I'm trying to see. I'm trying to like look it up right now. I feel like maybe... I'm like, maybe I was it has like uh-huh. <laughs> It has like a go-go cage in the middle of the dance floor. Like a... You, w- it, you would recognize it if you were there. It has this long, long staircase that comes down to like a lower dance level. Yeah, And then I in the middle of the floor... Uh-huh. There's just this like giant go-go cage in the middle of the floor. That is so funny. I literally was just there. If this is the same place, like, yeah, I was I was just there like two weeks ago. I went, I, <laughs> there was like a like a queer mariachi thing, and I went and I was like, "Huh, this is pretty cool." <laughs> and I saw the dancers get up that. on the, the giant go go things, and it was fun. It was cool. I'm happy that you enjoyed it. I'm happy that it, you were in. It's an insane place, the historical area of Pomona, um, and they're historical great. They were nice people. Pomona. They were so sweet. They are very, very sweet there. The the owner there was like the sweetest, kindest, most wonderful person. Uh, and I remember when I was there, I got excited because I was in Pomona. I was so used to L.A. I was like, oh, well, maybe there will be bars and restaurants. There are no bars and restaurants. I was like, what am I going to do in Pomona? And I, I had a day to kill. So I just started wandering around. And there were like all these like antique shops. And I was like, oh, this is my journey yes. because I'm that like weird 90 year old grandma drag queen Same. who wants to go home with like a quilted duck. That's Same. My, uh, what a right? dream. Dita Von Teese actually just did an interview where Dita, Dita was talking about how like she takes her truck with her everywhere she goes because she has to lug around her, her props for her show. But she also secretly mm. takes it so that she can buy uh, crazy antiques all over the country and just load it on her truck and just take it home. So it's me, you, and Dita. We're all old Smart. ladies. Collecting antiques. <laughs> That's good company. I'll yes, take me, yes, you, and Dita. Exactly. That would be a hell of a road trip. Uh, I, and not- you, you know, like these days, 
bed by 11 for all three of us i think oh my god i okay when i before the pandemic yes i was a big in bed at 10 30 11 i could barely keep my eyes awake my boyfriend at the time would be like how do you fall asleep by just closing your eyes i don't understand like and i do i would fall asleep now i'm like I'm like laying in bed and it'll be like two in the morning. And I'm like, yeah, you know, what would be great if I just got up right now and started a whole new project. And I'm like, no, go to sleep. Go to sleep. And your brain's like, not tonight. Not tonight, baby. <laughs> so you grew up in, in Hollywood. Uh, when did you realize that you wanted to work in fashion? Um, so I, I actually... Um, used to color more when I was younger. I used to like draw and illustrate a lot um, all the time. And I would draw like women all the time. I would draw women in these dresses. And that was kind of, you know, people would be like, let's go play outside. And I'm like, I'd rather just uh, play. I'd rather just like illustrate and draw. Um, Mm. And then Selena came out. Well, not Selena, but Selena um, passed away. And all this information about her having been a designer and a singer. And I was like, whoa, I sing. Um, and I draw, like, I'm just like this girl. Um, and so I started to really, but I was too shy. I'm still really too shy to sing. Um, but I uh, was like, well, I'm less shy about uh, drawing and illustrating. So maybe let me do that. And then uh, my aunt, an aunt of mine was like, you should go, you should consider going into fashion when you get older. And like things kind of snowballed as I got older. Like there were these schools out here that were like, we'll teach you fashion. And I was like, whoa. And I kind of just like the minute I graduated high school, in high school, I'd ask girls to let me design their prom dresses. And the minute I graduated high school, um, I started banging on doors. I went to go bang on like David LaChapelle's door to like, and by bang, I mean, I would show up and be like, hi, you know, (laughs) and they would be like, uh, you know, tough luck. See you try again in a month. And I'm like, so I would come back in a month and and I would email, (laughs) finally got in. I worked there for a few years and then um, Jeremy Scott came in and he, uh, we were doing a shoot with Lady Gaga for the, for Rolling Stone magazine. And she came, he came in with her or, you know, she was there and he came in to give her some clothes. And, um, uh, I was like, oh, I should work for him. Like he's an amazing fashion designer. So I went on to work for Jeremy Scott, who now does like Moschino and like all these like super iconic, Mm -hmm. like looks that people know. Um, but I worked there. And then by the time I was 22, I was like, I need to do my own thing. (laughs) Um, and Life. I love that you're like, you're like, by the time I was 22, I'm like, when I was 22, I was still trying to figure out how to get the mac and cheese out of the microwave. <laughs> you know what? Thank you. Thank you for saying, I have to give myself credit because I'm very like, I'm always like, oh man, like I should have done this and da 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 da. Because I had my little YouTube channel, but I was like, I want to be a designer. People were like, you're so much mm-hmm. fun. You should be on, on uh, Project Runway. You should do reality TV. And I'm, you, t- you talk fast and you, t- I'm like, but I want to be an artist like I wanted to make clothes um but then uh, I realized that like people don't want to pay it was the era where people nobody wanted to pay for clothes anymore like people were like yeah $25 <laughs> for a beautiful like double-breasted uh pleated coat yeah right that's you're way overpriced so like I'm like what am I? <laughs> I would spend hours making clothes and be like people were like oh I only want to pay $12 for him um 
So it was that kind of era. <laughs> Not much and has th- changed. Oh my god! Now I feel like there is a pendulum swing, which I do love. That people are like, "How much is that?" Okay, it's a sh- it's like a Dior from like what year? Okay, it's worth it. Like it's it's a sustainable. Mm. It's high fashion. It's resellable. Like if somebody else will buy it from you for thousands of dollars in a few years. Like it's worth an investment, right? Um, but. I ended up not making any money on top of having a drinking and a drug habit. Like I like put all of my fashion money, which was nothing back into drinking it and (laughs) um, snorting it. And then Mm -hmm. by the time I was like 24, I got like a temp job somewhere. And then by 25, 26, I ended up in the kitchen at Buzzfeed. And that's kind of like the beginning of, the real beginning. Really? You started in the kitchen at BuzzFeed? Yeah. So I actually used to like serve their lunches. I would put out their lunches. I would stock the sodas and the snacks. I was hired as their receptionist, but I always joked that they didn't have any phones when I got there. So I was like, what the fuck did I do? <laughs> I didn't even have, at one point I didn't even have a chair. So they were like, welcome the new receptionist, but I didn't have a chair and I didn't have a phone. And my desk had somebody else's <laughs> stuff on it. So I was like, cool, what do I do here? And they're like, well, the kitchen needs some tending. So I was always in like our little canteen, like our little canteen area. I call it a kitchen, <laughs> but it's more like a canteen, I guess. Like it's like, you know, like the area in like an office where there's like the, the microwaves are there and the sinks and the snacks and the sofas yeah. and, and the tables. Yeah. Like that's where I, there was no like mm-hmm. stove or anything. Um, but I basically had to like clean, make sure it was clean all the time. I had to make sure that everything was fully stocked. Um, I was very much like the Cinderella. I had a manager who, like, God bless her. God bless her. Um, And I just was like, um, I need to... (laughs) God bless her! (laughs) Um, I needed to... You're like, like, hope she's doing so well. (laughs) I hope she's doing so well. I hope she's living it up. Um, So, yeah. So then, like, I ended up... uh, uh, Eugene from the Try Guys actually put me in my very, Mm -hmm. very, very first video. And I remember he was like, "Um, okay, your line is, if you look it up, it's like high school me versus college me. And he's like, your line Mm -hmm. is that I'm late. And so I think he was expecting somebody to being like, excuse me, Sarah, you're late. But I don't talk like that. Like my cadence is very bouncy. So I think I was like, do I do it like myself? Do I do it how Curly would do it? Or do I do it the way that he would? So I I think I said it like, excuse (laughs) me, Sarah, you are late. And I think it became kind of like a thing where they were like, oh, he talks kind of funny. Like, and it started to blow up all over the internet. And I started to get blow up faster on the internet. But I was still, every time I would do a video, I would go back to sweeping or cleaning or um, wiping down tables or putting food away. So a lot of my early videos are, it's people are like, wow, you've been living the life. I'm like, not really. I, I basically have to like, go back to and i'm sure like a lot of creators have to do that too you know Mm -hmm. um yeah obviously every i feel like everybody does and nobody talks about it you know even uh i remember and you know not not to i i don't know not to get into too much drag race stuff but michelle visage had said at one point she was like Mm -hmm. you know after in vogue she was like nobody was hiring me so i went to singing at strip clubs and it's like, wow. well, what can you do? You have to put food on the family. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, put yeah. food on the family. On the <laughs> put table. Put food on the family. <laughs> put food on your family. Oh my what God. can we do? It's been a long put day. Food on the family. <laughs> 
the kids are like, I need a bath. Yes. Why are you like this? Why are you like this? I hate it here. Michelle Visage, you suck. Uh-huh. And she just keeps throwing bagels at them. She's like, eat this. I have to sing at clubs for this. <laughs> Do you know what mommy did for this bagel? <laughs> Um, but it's true i think people Mm -hmm. think artists uh, just like once you're an artist you're an artist and it's like that's so often not the case i can't tell you how many times i've been like no i'm not going to do your your child's bar mitzvah i'm not Uh going to do that and then three months later i'm like so when is the bar mitzvah (laughs) like like all of a sudden the calendar is looking a little bit skimpier and you're like yeah (laughs) look i get it i get my one thing is i tell the lord i'm like look i'm okay with a lot of things but i never ever want to be in a space where i have to like when it comes to food um you have to have a really you have to have extreme patience and I think a really big heart to deal with people who are hungry because it's like, um, which is why like I go out of my way with, with people who are like helping, uh, I guess like a waiter or a waitress or a, a waitrex, we'll put little X again, um, <laughs> like, you know, coming to help because I'm like, I see you and you're not less than anybody just because you're bringing spaghetti and meatballs out. Like, it is fine. Like, because people treat you like shit. People swear that you're mm-hmm. like their servant. People swear that you are here to serve me. No, sir. You, I am here to like put food out. <laughs> like, that, that is not my job. I'm here to serve you. So I will say that yeah. one of my biggest prayers is like, I just don't want to like deal with people like that again where I have to put on. And because the other thing is that I'm good at it. I am, oh, I'm so patient. I'm so good at it. You could be yelling at me and being like, um, I said no meatballs. And I would be like, sir, you know, I hear you. Yes, you are so right. I hate meatballs too. Go on, sir. Go on with your bad meatball list stuff. Like, I would be. Tell me what you hate about these meatballs. Yes. Uh, I'm here for you. Let me sit. Let me make you feel better, daddy. And then, but then I would go home and be like, Man, that is a lot of energy to deal with. So, I know that's my one prayer. That's I worked my one in, prayer. Uh-huh. At the, and I don't blame you. I worked at uh, the Cheesecake Factory when I was first Shut starting up. as like uh-huh. an actor and a drag queen. Oh, girl, uh-huh. it was it was something. You want to talk about people who are mad? Put them in line for food for two and a half hours. <laughs> Wait, why is the cheesecake why is the cheesecake factory so busy all the time though? Because they don't delicious. take reservations. That's the oh. only reason. If they do don't you- take reservations, so it's like you you'll have people come in and they will do I have seen people do the craziest things. They'd be like I I got into like a 15 minute almost a screaming match with someone on the phone once because uh-huh. The, the guy was like, okay, I want to bring my family in at 6.30 for dinner. And I was like, okay, well, I was like, we don't take reservations, but, you know, around that time it does get really busy. So I would get here like a half hour early. He was like, he was like, but I'm not, I don't want to make a reservation. I just want to, I just want to eat at around 6.30. And I was like, okay, well, to do that, you have to get here at this time and wait. Yes. But, but he was like, but I don't want to wait. I just want to get there. And I was like, but that's a reservation. He was like, no, I don't want a reservation. I just want to come at 630 <laughs> and get a table. And I was like, 
you're asking me to like do magic. I don't understand what you want from me. And it was like, it was like just this like cyclical conversation where it was like, he was insisting it's not a reservation. And I was like, yeah. I was like, I was like, what part of this is not registering for you? I don't understand. Yeah. Um, so what happened? Was, did he come was in? Insane. Did he get his, did he get his meal? I honestly have no idea because at a certain point my manager was walking by and I literally just like grabbed him by the shirt and I was like, talk to this guy. And my manager like had the conversation for another two minutes. And then eventually I, my manager was like, sir, sir. And then just hung up the phone. And I was like, yes. I was like, thank God you were here. I was like, oh I was gosh. doing that for the longest time. It you was literally insane. get to a point I, where I you look at people stories. and you're like, you look at people and you're like, the bar is pretty low. <laughs> Um, the bar is super low, like, um, and you I do this thing where, like, whenever I see people like that, I'm like, look at God. Look, God just, God's out here creating. <laughs> God is really out here creating. He is. <laughs> look at the world he made. Look at God, yes. <laughs> I don't think he had anything to do with customer service positions. I don't think I want to pin that on him. No, oh my I think God. that was, like... Pure Beelzebub. It is the only way that I can find peace in, in like seeing and dealing with people that are like this. I have to find the divinity and the light inside of them mm-hmm. and repeat these things to myself. Like, go ahead, God, keep creating. You really, you really <laughs> let that one have it, didn't you? You went in. <laughs> Do you consider yourself a like a spiritual person? Yes. I actually feel um like connected in a weird sense but I feel like I'm still practicing and I'm still learning like yesterday somebody was Mm. like um hold on hold hold on give me one second oh that's okay my mom is like coughing up a storm behind the computer can can you take your coughs over there (laughs) mom (laughs) we are in a big ass house and I'm like no this is my parents house I'm like there's a room that way you can go sit over there and cough it up Well, say hi to mom for us. We we love mom. She said hi. Also, I have a very uh uh important question. Is your grandma there? She's not. She's with my dad. Yeah, they're with my... My dad goes to her on the weekends. Yeah. I Um, was so excited. I was like, I wonder if his grandma will be there. You know what's so... No, we usually go with her on Sundays. But today I was like, I'm going to just chill um, and not go see her. Um, Mm. Because it's... uh, Yes, some days I go, some weekends I go, and some weekends I just keep for myself, and and nobody can bother me too much. Um, mm. But what was I? What were we talking? About? Oh, am I? Oh my god! So do I consider myself a spiritual person? Yes. Do I feel like I'm connected all the time? I literally had crazy. I have crazy dreams. I had a dream that I was talking to my friend, and I was telling her about her house. I was like, I, I was in your house, but then it got transformed to your your grandparents' house, and we're in there and. and they like what you're doing in the backyard, but I don't know. They weren't too happy about what's happening inside. And she's like, this house used to be my grandparents' house. Like, I don't know how you would know that I know. I've never told you that before. And and I'm like, well, they love the backyard. Um, but then yesterday, my friend was <laughs> like, we're going to a, a, a gender reveal party. I'm doing um I'm doing mm-hmm. a jack off sign for people that can't see me. Um, <laughs> and um uh and he was like, what do you think it's gonna be? And I tried tapping in and I was like, oh, the spirits tell me that it's a girl. And they went and it's gonna be a boy. So I'm hoping. <laughs> <laughs> you know why? That, because gender is fluid and because, nobody yeah. knows what that yeah, person will be until right. they tell us. 
thank you for that. The spirits are like, you know, <laughs> we don't care. <laughs> we don't care. The spirits right are answer. reminding you. They are teaching you. Exactly. God is good. God is good. Look at look at God. <laughs> look at God. <laughs> Sam and I are definitely uh, spiritual people. We both describe ourselves as pagan. Uh, oh, I and, love that. And, uh-huh. You know, we were both raised Christian and, uh, you know, I personally... Catholic even. Catholic even. Uh, and I, I don't know, something about it felt a bit... Um, abrasive. A bit abrasive and a, a bit oppressive to me uh and I so think it was the part where the priest told us we were going to hell well that oh, was a big part I, of it i think that's oh my god that. i can't tell you i used to when i first graduated from college i used to uh sing in church choirs mm-hmm. to like make money on the weekends mm-hmm. and i can't tell you how many times i quit jobs because i would be literally like sitting there with my like book of hymns listening to a preacher like literally like preaching against gay not even just like homosexuality like gay marriage like being like you have to go vote this way and i was like well i'm not working for your church anymore wow so you're gonna have to get all of these like busted ass singers to come and do your fucking (laughs) uh, community theater production of jesus christ superstar instead because (laughs) i'm leaving (laughs) enjoy your fucking crusty ass singers Exactly, exactly. Good luck with, with Ethel. I hope she oh hits God. all the notes. <laughs> I love that. Uh, I love that y'all identify as pagans as well. I honestly feel like um, that's, to me, that's probably the, 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 the understanding that there's so many different elements that play into one energy, but it's all like mm-hmm. different masks of one thing. And so I'm like, whatever you believe in, one God or paganism, like, yeah, it's beautiful. I think that you're not wrong. I don't think that either one is wrong, or and I think they're actually both right, and they're both beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. Sidebar: I did this video a long time ago with BuzzFeed. It was about uh, Wicca, and I was so excited because I was like, "Oh, as somebody who practices magic, like I'm so stoked! I'm so excited to do this video." Um, and then <laughs> we did the ceremony, and and you know, when I'm with the witches, I was like playful with them as in playful with everybody and when the video came out um it looked like i was being like really disrespectful and because the music that the producer had chose was like oh, um no. you know like ding, 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 ding. like very playful yeah. but i was my <laughs> that, like typical bouncy yeah, like, you know light-hearted was, music exactly like there was a part where i was like she's like oh you can use this uh this powder or whatever to get things that you want and i was like I think I said something silly, like, should I use it at the Gucci store? Something, something so playful, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I, but I, in, it's like a dad joke. Um, and people were like, <laughs> look, look at him being so disrespectful. And then there was one scene where one, uh, witch identifying person, um, asked me to put my cross away. And I was like, oh my God, absolutely. Like we are in your circle. Like, yeah, like, of course. Mm-hmm. And so when we went to go see the next witch, um, I was I was talking to the person in the video with me and I was like, do you think I need to put my cross away for like the switch? Um, and that's the snippet that made it in the video. So people are like, why oh. does he need to put his cross away? 
what is his deal? Is he afraid? I am like, no. So I every and now you're and like, then, guys, why did you do this? <laughs> every now and then, I will get messages from people being like, "You're so disrespectful," and they're like, "Witches, <laughs> we will all cast a spell on Curly tonight at twelve at dawn." And I'm like, for why? For a bad edit? Like that had nothing to for do with. For a bad with, edit, you know. But also, me too. I'm like, I, I'm a witch too. Let's do this. Like, it's all like, yeah, you know. And it, honestly, I'm kind of surprised that 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 witch did that. I'm I've never I've never experienced uh, a a person who identifies as pagan who was that like adverse to the the symbolism or or symbols of another religion. religion. As That's a matter of fact, there are a lot of like spiritual Christians. There are a lot of people who kind of dabble in both, where they use like Christian. Um, I, I, I want to say symbolism, but it's almost like the Christian mythology in the context of spiritualism and, and magic. So I'm I'm kind of shocked that anyone would have uh, had anything against that. I mean, that's probably why people in the comments were shocked that I said it because they didn't hear the first part. They mm. probably just heard my part right, being yeah. like, oh, I need to hide my cross. They probably were like, Ew, he's so backwards thinking. Like, why would he think that? So maybe that makes sense. But also like, it's a fair question if you don't know. Like, even if let's let's say, like, worst case scenario, you didn't know and it was a legitimate, like, no one had said anything to you, you didn't know. It's literally you trying to be respectful of this person, even it's, if yeah, it was absolutely. even if it was misled. So it's like, everyone needs to fucking chill. (laughs) I literally, oh my God, I know. I need to do a behind the scenes video on that video, to be honest. But like, I honestly was not bothered by it. I was like, you could walk into my house at this point wearing like, I don't know. um, I'm not equating the two. I'm just saying um, that, you know, you come in wearing like a MAGA hat and I would probably Mm -hmm. be like, not in my house. You know what I mean? Like, leave leave the hat in the car. Um, And it's like, but... It's like, um, I, so it's an understanding that I felt like I was in her circle. I felt like I was in this bruja circle and maybe not in her house. Mm-hmm. Maybe she was like, look, I don't like what they've done to women over centuries. I don't like what the mm-hmm. church has done. And I actually don't want it in my circle. And so I was like, yeah, girl, it's fine. Like this, my aunt just put this on me and I haven't taken it off since. So like, it's not like <laughs> this, you know, this isn't my only connection to my creator. So I don't, I'm not like yeah. bothered by it. Um, Sidebar, it's so funny too, because I always think that like, what if there was, what if like the world was super like demons and angels and like, um, (laughs) people are always like, Curly, do you mind taking your cross off just for like, um, just for this shoot because it's hitting your microphone. And I'm always like, imagine that was the moment. Yeah, yeah. I'm always like, imagine it's like a demon who's like, Curly, can you mind taking your cross off to hitting your microphone? And then I do and they're like, we got him. Like, I always just think like... How easy was that for me to just give up my that power? That was so like, sure. easy. All they had to do was get lapel mics. If only <laughs> Satan had known earlier. There would have been lapel mics in like 42 BC. If, yes. if only they had known. Oh my God. Exactly. Uh, how funny. Uh, well, Curly, I, I we have a lot to get to. So I'm going to, yes. I'm going to bounce right along 
Um, we actually have a couple of listener questions for oh, you. Amazing. We have yes. uh, amazing, amazing patrons on Patreon. For those of you uh, who are not patrons, you can find us at patreon.com slash my spooky gay family, where our listeners are able to write in questions based on uh, guests like our amazing guests today or the topic of the conversation. And we got a question from uh, Jen Wittick, who is a really amazing listener. Jen said, oh, my God, this is incredible. I Aww. love curly uh a question for everyone what horror movie royally fucked you up as a child or even in your adult life oh first of all i love her and it it means the world to me that somebody would be that excited and happy for me like ugh, i'm like <laughs> I'm always that kid in the kitchen. I will never stop being that kid in the kitchen. So whenever people are like excited to meet me, I'm like, oh, me? Like sodas and hair and food and hair. I'm like, me? Thank you. Um, I I feel like as a kid, I think the movie that really, really, really fucked me up. Um, I had like I would say one and a half. I think the sixth sense really fucked me up. Mm. Um, because I think we like lived in a haunted house and we didn't know. Um and then I don't know if you remember this movie called Mothman Prophecies. Oh, we yeah. do. Yeah. We just like, talked about Mothman not that long ago. Yes. And I remember I saw it in theaters and we went to go drop off my best friend at her house. And as I like closed the door behind her in her house, I like went, walked back to, I think my parents' car in the dark. And I was like, <gasps> the Mothman. And I was so afraid and I was so scared. So I think those two <laughs> movies for me. What about y'all? Oh, the movie that, I can tell you my favorite one was Scream, but uh, the one that like fucked me up uh-huh. was Jaws. Like Jaws? still to this day, wow. Jaws. Okay, oh I yeah, see that. I, see I that. am I see that. terrified of sharks. And actually, this reminds me of a story. That I I texted Sam this week because I do a show every Thursday at Pieces uh, in New York City, uh-huh. and I was there this week, and there was this woman standing there, and she had on one of those. Um, you know, like if you fall and hurt your ankle, they put you in one of those like little booties that goes yes. all the way up your calf and it, it's uh-huh. like a stabilizer. She was wearing one of those and I was like, I was like, darling, what happened to you? And she was like, uh, she was like, oh, I, I hurt my leg. And I was like, what's your name? And she was like, Melbourne. And I was uh-huh. like, are you from Australia? And she was like, yes. And I was like, what happened to your leg? And she was like, oh, I kicked a shark. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, what? Shut and up. she was like, she was like, yeah, I kicked a shark. I was like, <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? I was like, you can't on, just say on I purpose. Uh, yes, <laughs> she did on purpose. On purpose. And what her friend you? was there with her. And I was like, and I was like, do you know about that? I was like, do you know your friend kicks sharks? I was like, what happened? And she was like, I was swimming in the ocean uh, in Bondi Beach. And she was like, and there was this shark. And and I was like, why did you kick the shark? And she was like, well, if I didn't, he was going to attack me. It was like swimming towards her. And he was like, yeah, we get a lot of great whites. And I was like, it was a great white shark. You kicked a great white shark. That is so funny. And she was like. And the best part is all she had was a boot. I was like, he wow. didn't eat your ass. And oh I bought God. her a I was drink. Say, please yes. tell me she got a free drink. I bought her a drink. I was like, oh. you earned it. You, you just literally it. committed to my worst fear. Also, like that poor shark is like, excuse me, madam, have you seen her? Like, <laughs> excuse me, madam. That's what I said. 
he probably came up and he was like, hey, do you know how to get to Sydney? And she's like, bam, right in the nose. And he's like, ow. <laughs> now, when do they fuck us up? They're like, last time I talked to a human, she kicked me in the fucking nose. Like, I know. N- now he's going to be permanently uh, anti-human. He's going to bite everybody. Wow. Oh, my God. What a story, though. That I want to hang Isn't with her. Fucking Is she single? Can I date her? <laughs> I don't know. She was very, she was beautiful and had it like just you know when you meet someone and like you can feel they have like a really good energy. Yeah, like they just yes. have like. Uh, and I was like, oh, th- that's what this lady has. So Melbourne, if you're listening out there somewhere, oh uh, my god, I'm, I love I'm that. putting it out there. She has great energy. What was oh, what I would movie love to fucked you, you up as a I, kid? <laughs> I, was, I was talking to Sam Curly. You, I, I will make sure that one way or another, I connect you with Melbourne. That would be amazing. I'm like, I always think, I always think like, I don't, and it doesn't have to do with any sort of masculinity or femininity or none of that. Um, but I'm like, can I walk down an aisle with this person? I mean, down an alley with this mm. person that I'm dating. Oh, are we, are we, are we both gonna throw down or are you gonna run? <laughs> I was but, like, these are two very different situations. No, walking down an aisle and walking down an alley. <laughs> I don't give a fuck about the aisle. I care about the alley. Um, but no, but look, Melbourne sounds like somebody that I'd, I'd walk down an alley with. So I'm here for it. Yeah. And if you encounter a shark in that alley, she will kick the <laughs> shit out of it. <laughs> and if you say, just so happen. like work as a bodyguard? Yeah. <laughs> She should work as a body. Do you have a, a movie? Do you have a movie, Sam, that fucked you up as a kid? I mean, yeah, but it wasn't a horror movie. I mean, unless it depends on how you look at it. What movie was it? Yeah, the which Neverending one? Story. Oh, oh my god! I, and I knew this. Oh, I knew. No. Story fucked me up. Same. A Are you, you a fan? No, it fucked <laughs> yeah, me up too. Seriously. It fucked. I'm not a fan. I am it not a fan. Everybody up. I hate that fucking movie. (laughs) (laughs) It's a weird movie to begin with. Like, beyond the, like, horrifying imagery, it's just kind of bizarre. Um, But you were especially... Yeah, it's absolutely fucked up. There's nothing right about it. No. But what was it's Gamork? The swamps of sadness. The swamps of sadness. (laughs) Which is exactly what I call my bathroom now. Um... (laughs) What uh? It, what was the wolf's name? It's like Gamork. Oh, it's Gamork. Yeah. Gamork. That was the, the. She was like terrified of the oh, wolf. I used to have nightmares like every I'm, night. <laughs> oh my god! Let me see Gamork. Yeah, Dad let me watch the stupid movie like one time, and it messed oh my, me up forever. For literally life, literally. And life. it was a kids' movie. <laughs> it wasn't even, like he showed me Jaws. I was fine. He showed me. Oh it, my, I was okay. Like he was fucking but the scary. Never story. Gamork, I remember creepy. Wow, I forgot all about him. Wow, you know what scared me about that movie was um, when everything was getting destroyed, and she's like, "Atreo, you've got to believe," and I'm like, "Bitch, (laughs) everyone is fucking dying because this little boy out here." And I just. And you're like, much. girl, how much more real could it be? Like, just believe. Literally, just, the world is ending. You don't yeah, believe? Bitch, believe. And I didn't understand how I felt. I think this was maybe the beginning of my queerness as well. I didn't understand how I felt mm. about... I didn't understand who the protagonist was. I have really... I have um a bad... I have bad facial recognition. Like, I can't remember faces that well. So, Sebastian... Mm. 
and Atreyu, right? So it was Sebastian. Are those the two characters? I don't remember so, who Sebastian is. I think uh, Sebastian was the book. one that had to believe. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, oh, yeah, his yeah. name was Bastion. So I said it wrong. So Bastion. So I thought Bastion was a Treyu just with longer hair, and my mind didn't understand <laughs> why he was on Falcor at the end. I just didn't get it. Anyways, long. <laughs> yeah, Sam, you win, Sam. I think yours is the scariest it's one. <laughs> <laughs> the whole movie is a lie. <laughs> I think if any movie fucked me up the most, it's the never ending story. Oh, and The Land Before Time, also another one that fucked me up. Land but that's like, hard too. that's what, that's what, like, I feel like they should show that movie to every little kid to find out if they're a psychopath. Don't you? Like, you, we could <laughs> you weed out, cry. we could weed out all the serial killers just watching the first, like, 20 minutes of Land Before Time. Why? Because they're that, like, they that's cry. the test. <laughs> they're like put him in prison now it's even worse than Mufasa like it's worse than the Lion King I know it's Land bad. Before Time is just the saddest not to mention Diana Ross really like put her foot in that song she really slayed it it was so good the she theme did. song is so amazing but like so sad like if we hold on together <laughs> like yes Diana you're right if we hold on together <laughs> <laughs> We have another question for you, Curly. Yes. Uh, this is from uh, this is from Maddie, who is uh, David's aunt. She Amazing. was also very excited. She said, "I am a big fan of Curly. I love his abuela videos. Aww. She's so funny. And one of my favorite videos was when he decluttered his apartment." Uh, my question is, was he raised with knowledge of Santeria or Dia de los Muertos in his family? And if so, how has he applied that knowledge in his, in his own life? I love that so much. Um, so I am finding out, I actually was just talking to another person about this, that like we as a family don't practice anything that's traditional, like Santeria or anything like that. But mm-hmm. we practice a lot of magic that like, nobody talks about until you ask them until you're probed until you're like oh have you done this before like i literally just heard a story that my mom told me yesterday i'm I'm a full-ass adult now and i've never heard the story um and i was like what like you what but it's so cool to hear that that's something that my grandmother passed on to her and then she passed on to my sister um but like uh there are different things that we do. Like I practice tree magic, um, which is something that we all Mm. do in my family. Uh, We actually like talk to our trees. We pray on them. And if we need to pick anything from them, we ask and we only pick what we need. And then once we're done, we, we pray again and we thank them. Um, I don't know if you know about like trees, like roots and stuff, but they're always like connected and interconnected. And there's like the mother tree who will help, other trees who don't have enough nutrients. And so I, um, as a young kid, would um, plant like letters at the base of the tree. And I would ask it to take my intentions deep into the earth through its roots um, into the other trees and high up into the other root, into their branches, into the sky, into the air. Um, and I would practice these things. I still do. I still teach my little nephews about tree magic and, and nature magic. Um, and it's not like, I keep telling everybody, it's not like, Ooh, it's literally like our prayers and it's literally how we, um, connect to the nature around us and how we feel like, um, how do we respect that life form, um, and see the divinity again in it and the energy. That is amazing. I, I, uh, 
I have done a little bit of tree magic, but mm. not to that extent. And I, I love hearing that because uh, I, again, we don't talk a lot about specific practices, but yes. um, I, I love that you do tree magic. I, I think what a lot of people forget is that like magic is not inherent to a religion. It's just yes. kind of something you can do. And it's like, it's almost like a reverence for the earth and for the environment Absolutely. around you. I always say that um, your magic is So I is love like, hearing that. Yeah. I'm like, no matter what you believe in, whether it's a prayer or what, I was literally joking yesterday. I was like, I don't care if you're out here being like, Manonk, send me more money. Or if you're like, <laughs> <laughs> or if you're like, hey, Jesus, hey, Lord, can you send me more money? It's still a spell. Yeah. It's still a form of it, prayer. It's it still is. a form of conversation and so to me i think that magic is really in my opinion is a conversation between you as a spark as a tiny grain of sand um talking back to the source and being like can you help me with this can i be a part of this they're prayers it's a conversation and sometimes if you're out here putting out negative stuff the source is like no boo like that's not that, and, you know, you get it threefold. And sometimes the source is like, you know what? I agree. I think that you should. I think that that's a good idea for you. Let's do it. You know? Yeah. It's just about touching base with the mother tree. It's just about <laughs> touching base with the mother. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have another one from Izel, uh, who says, again, oh, my God, I love Curly. Uh, uh, okay. I want to know how his love for Har began and if his abuela had anything to do with it, LOL. Also, what would his abuela think of the craft girls? Basically everything about his abuelita. <laughs> oh my God. I love it. I love it. Oh, that makes so happy to hear all that. Um, yeah. So if you're a Latino kid that grew up or Latine or Latinx that grew up or Latina that grew up in the 90s, there was a show called Primer Impacto and Primer, on TV. And Primer Impacto was like a sensationalized tabloid news kind of thing that would come on every day and everybody watched it. But the stories were all kind of, This is where the Chupacabra came from. Like stories really? of like, where like, um, La Chupacabra, Chupacabra! And it became a big thing because of a show like Primer Impacto made it really big. Mm-hmm. Um, there was another. There's another uh, famous ghost in uh, Latin lore. Uh, uh, Latin lore. Uh, yeah, it's called uh, La Llorona, and La Llorona mm. is also a big deal. And so, as a kid, you know, the adults are watching the show, and and I, that really La Llorona fucked me up. Like as a kid. <laughs> I would sleep with like my nightlight on. I always would hide my hands under my pillow and my feet. And as little bit of me that I could have, like not be covered my nose because I was afraid that La Llorona would see me. Um, so I think that my grandma, we used to watch it. We used to watch Permanent Impacto every day after school at her house. I think that it was part of how she was entertained and it was part of like how I eventually grew up to be entertained. I think the reason why I like horror, and maybe this is why people like horror a lot, is because I'm an anxious person anyway. Like I'm anxious about going to Trader <laughs> Joe's. And I'm like, why are we anxious about Trader Joe's? It makes no sense. But being anxious for an hour and a half and you know why you're anxious to me yeah. is like powerful like you're like well of course i'm anxious i want to know if he's going to kill this person or not like i'm i'm in exactly. the moment you know 
Um, so I think that's how it's you're started. justifying so, your anxiety. Exactly. So like, <laughs> did it start with Gladys and my? And I would say it started with both my parents and Gladys. Um, absolutely. And then I think that it just became a thing that just made it sense. And also, I think it's really sexy when you are on a date with someone and you're watching a scary movie because you can kind of see how they react. Like, oh, are they a mm. jolty person? Are they more like? Con- are they more controlled under like intense situations? Um, I, one of my boyfriends was a, was a screamer, like a, ah! and I would be like, oh no, like, if so if we're getting attacked, I'm going to have to be the one that throws down, not you. Cause you're over here oh, hollering, no. hollering and screaming, which is fine. But then, um, it's also a good opportunity to like, ah! and like link up with their arms and get closer and kind of yeah. like bond. So I'm really big on go watch a scary movie, get to know your partner, See how they react in intense situations. Um, and <laughs> that that's another reason why I love horror so much. You know, it's funny you bring that up because I firmly believe that David and I fell in love because of horror. Shut Our up. Our first date was like, it was, it was a successful date. Generally speaking, we went out, we had drinks, we had fun. We went to dinner. We had a great time. But like, didn't kiss at the end of the first date. He thought he was never going to hear from me again. It was just because I was drunk because I had been taking um, antibiotics before uh-huh. I had the drink. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and so the next date I asked him on, I was like, do you like horror movies? And he was like, I love horror movies. And I was like, we should go see The Devil Inside because uh-huh. it had just come out. <laughs> and I took him to the the... The AMC, the AMC in New Brunswick. In New Brunswick. Yeah. We live in New Jersey and uh-huh. there's an AMC in our in our town. And I was like, listen, I know this is a far drive, but it's worth it. I took him there because in the middle of the back parking lot of the AMC, there is like, well, it's a revolutionary. I think it's civil war. A, there's a civil war grave yeah. in the middle of oh the parking God. lot uh-huh. because when they cleared the area, it was hallowed ground and they couldn't clear the grave so they cleared everything around it and just like fenced in the tombstone at the top and i took him there and i was like do you want to see some cool shit and that was like that was the night we made out in his car because it was just like he that was like the be all end all (laughs) of a date for david what is that cemetery called it's not even it's just an amc lowe's in new brunswick and it has uh it has one grave it's only one grave in the back parking lot what is it do you know what it's called though uh it's just an amc lowe's i don't know i could i i'll find a link and send it to you okay uh amc lowe's new brunswick I'm gonna, new yeah, jersey square 13 uh i'm tombstone just want to i just want to look at this tombstone while you're talking to me oh Google Mary Ellis Grave. Oh, I think Mary E L L I S. And you can see it's just this little grave that's like fenced in with like wrought iron fencing in the back parking lot of a of an AMC wow. Lowe's. Wow. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. She's Isn't said, that crazy? That's amazing. Let me be next to this movie theater. <laughs> That you should the next time you're in New York City, we will bring you out to the AMC Lowe's in New Brunswick, and we'll show you Mary Ellis. Oh my god! I hope she was a goodie and not a baddie. I we're gonna we're gonna go with she was because it makes us feel better. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I love Um, it. I'm I'm I have two questions based on the answers you gave to the last question. Yes. Um. One. La Llorona is very fucking scary. So um, scary. 
I I saw the the movie that was recently made and it wasn't in my opinion a great movie. No. But the one thing that I did like about the movie was that it used native magic in a positive way. Mm, you know, I don't remember it that much to be honest. I felt like it was a missed opportunity. Um I'm mm. not actually I don't know if I I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about it. Um so I will say this, definitely <laughs> check it out, form your own opinions. Um, personally, I feel like La Llorona could have been a cultural moment for the whole culture. Yeah. Because it means so much to us. Um, and I just felt like it was, it was not, a, I didn't think it was a bad movie, but I felt like it could have been, we could have had like a clueless moment. We could have had a mean girls moment. We could have had an exorcist yeah. moment. Like <laughs> it could have been like, cause that story is, it's what our parents tell us to, to get us to shut the fuck up. It's the story that people <laughs> tell us to like, um, you know, go to bed. Every you, everybody has a tia in their family that has heard her, that has seen her. Um, mm-hmm. It is like something that is really um, that and duendes. Duendes are gnomes. I don't know if you know gnomes. Oh, like, I've never heard of duendes. Oh my god! Find a Central American person and ask them about gnomes, and they're like. They, it's like, uh, it's, it's hilarious. It's, it's fine. Cause I'm sure it's based <laughs> off of something, but they're like, yeah, you see this little braid in my hair. It's cause a gnome did it. And you're like, <laughs> 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 and you're like, awesome. Got awesome. It. <laughs> they're, that's a good braid. <laughs> <laughs> also um, based on your last answer, uh, are you and your grandmother fans of the uh, the late Walter Mercado. Oh my God! Yes, we actually were in the documentary together on Netflix. Um, so if you watch, were you the, really? I haven't yeah, seen it. If you watch the documentary of Walter Mercado on Netflix, my grandma and I actually make a cameo in it um, because it was a super important part for a lot of Latin La, Latine Latinx people um, growing up in the '90s. Walter Mercado was kind of like the one that my mom actually was telling me. She's like. You know, I used to watch him every single day and I used to follow him and I believed him. And then I realized that nothing he said came true. So I was angry at him <laughs> and I stopped. And I love so much that she, my mom was moved to anger. <laughs> <laughs> like, I find that so funny. Like, um, and I, and I Her think college that that... essay was Walter Mercado <laughs> lied to me. <laughs> yeah. And so I just feel like that really gives you an understanding of of what this person meant to a lot of people within the community if you're moved to anger because you feel like betrayed in a sense you know um mm. but yes but i do love him i think he's amazing um the producers of the film actually came to my house and they were like you know what you're a lot like him like so similar and i and i found that like um I'm very honored by that because I feel like he has such a beautiful spirit. And I think that that's one of the highest compliments mm. that anybody can pay you. That's amazing. Yeah. You do have you do have a very vivacious glow. Oh, I like thank that. Thank you so much. <laughs> igual, igual you, I, y'all are like perfect. I always tell people in any relationship, friendship, there needs to be one person who either laughs a lot or makes the other person laugh. Like I need, there needs to be, Mm. and I feel like if you're both, you're golden. And I feel like y'all are both like y'all are gigglers and you crack jokes. I'm like, yes, dream. 
It's true. You do have to have like, and we uh, we talk about this all the time. The reason this podcast even started is because we would just like sit by her her fire pit in her backyard and just like joke for hours and hours yes, and hours uh-huh. and, and just like talk about bullshit that didn't matter to anyone. But David would be like, it's so much fun to listen to your siblings talk. He was like, he was like, I feel like I can't even jump in because I just want to listen to the conversation. And I was like, well, then we should monetize this. I love that. <laughs> yes, I love it. I love a good giggler. Gigglers are my uh, chef's kiss. I tend to be the giggler, to be honest. Um, and but when I'm with another person who's a giggler who has, I think, a very contagious laugh, I just kind of take a step back and I'm like, "Oh, I love the giggles. I love it. You have a contagious <laughs> laugh." Thank you. I've, yes. I I have often been described, especially in the last year, as contagious. Yes, um, I love that. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we did bring you here for a reason today, uh, Curly. We wanted to bring you on because uh, we are going to be talking about one of my favorite 90s movies. I'm going to say 90s movies, not even horror movies, not yeah. uh, supernatural movies. I'm just going to say favorite 90s movies. We are talking about 1996's The Craft. Wow. And uh, this was, this was you were very excited to, to talk yes. about this movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I didn't, I didn't gonna give it was just made a in li- 1996. I know, doesn't it really mm-hmm. fuck you up? Mm-hmm. The other day I was doing a show uh, and I was, I was talking to a friend of mine. Uh, have you ever heard of Jasmine Rice LaBeja? from New York yes. City. Uh-huh, uh-huh. She's as crazy as whatever you've imagined. But uh-huh. she I was talking to her and she was like she was like, "Girl, the other night I hooked up with a 19-year-old." Uh-huh. She was like, "Do you know what year he was born?" <laughs> <laughs> oh my I was god. Like, I was like, "Girl, it had to have been 2002." And she was like, "It was 2002." And I was like, <laughs> like, I just saw her face like drop and she was like, I want to die. <laughs> Wait, is she okay with you putting that on air? Oh yeah. We talk about it in the show all the time. Oh my God. That is so funny. I die. Yes. I always say that for every inch, somebody is over six foot. I add a year to their age. So if he's like, you know, I'm like, oh, I would never date a 23-year-old. But I'm like, but he's 6'6", so technically he's like 29, right? Like, <laughs> technically. That's that's a good practice because it's like, you know, no no 14-year-old is 6'6", so you know you're in the clear. Yes, but I also like, I am so lucky and so happy and so I feel like in the dawn of like uh, screenshots and people kind of being put on blast. I have never been attracted to mm. younger people. I like older mm. men. I like like the the bigger the beard gut, the bigger the beard, the more chest hair, <laughs> the grosser their fingernails are, the more attracted I am to them. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm very happy because I'm like, I don't, I, that would never happen to me. Like I would never sleep with a 19 year old because I don't care. I'm like, ill, you're a child. Get the fuck away from me. You know? <laughs> I know. Call me in 20 years when life has ravaged you. (laughs) Even that, I'm like, oh my God. And especially like, I feel like with the internet, a lot of young people are, they're very smart. They're very smart. But I'm like, you have not been exactly like tarnished and tainted by life. Like, you don't know what the fuck you're like. Yes. I always tell people, I'm like, um, I love when young people teach me about 
the constructs and things that we don't have to follow anymore. But I'm like mm. in dealing with a broken heart or divorces or things like that. Like I need older people. Like tell I need the older yeah. folks to tell me how to deal <laughs> with these things. How do I live? How do it's I survive? A, yeah. It's a balance because I do think that it we, as we get older, need young perspectives to keep yep, us 100. growing. But yes. we also, it, it needs to be, oh, Jesus. It needs to be symbiotic. Uh, it needs to be, it, there needs to be an equal interest in learning from 100%. one another. I actually I always say they are, um, it's an exchange of intergenerational information that we need. We need it. Mm-hmm. You know, agreed. I agree. Um, but I can't believe the crap was made in 1996. It. I just watched it again, as you know, just for this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it stands the test of time. I feel. Oh, absolutely! This movie never gets old, and I'm I'm sad to say I have not seen the reboot. Yeah, uh, I didn't either. I, either. I just I was so I was so crazy busy I didn't get a chance to watch it. Have you seen it? No, me either. Where is it? Was it streaming somewhere? Maybe I'll watch it tonight. I think it was HBO Max. Okay, I'll look for it. Or something like that. It was it was one of the streaming services like that, but I, I heard nothing but good things about it. And huh. I know that Feruza Balk makes a cameo of some kind. I'm not oh, sure live for her. what it is. Um, but I will say, uh, just so people have a, a general idea of what we're talking about, um, it was directed by Andrew Fleming. It was written by Peter Filardi, who wrote the story, and Andrew Fleming, who wrote the screenplay. It stars uh, Robin Tunney, Feruza Balk, Nev Campbell, and Rachel True as the uh, the four main characters. And it is about, uh, according to IMDb, I won't plagiarize anybody, uh-huh. uh, a newcomer to a Catholic prep high school falls in love with a trio of outcast teenage girls mm. who practice witchcraft mm. and they all soon conjure up various spells and curses against those who anger them. Um, so you know, it is... Uh-huh. What were you going to say? I just saw this meme the other day that said that my new favorite genre of horror is like oh my god it was something like get it girl or like that's right girl it was something <laughs> like like they deserve it like they deserved it kind of a thing um and that's how i feel about the crap like i'm like yep and everybody in that movie deserved what they got basically <laughs> that and that really is what it is and what's funny is the other movie we were watching for this week is I know what you did last summer and mm-hmm. it was it kind of had a similar theme obviously not in the same way but you know you feel bad for these kids because uh they're they're being tortured by this guy who's chasing them but it's like they did hit him with a car and throw him in the ocean. Mm. So it's like, who's not getting what they deserve? <laughs> yes, <here? laughs> yes. You're so right. You're so, so, so right. It's so interesting because even in the craft, like, now that I think of it, now that I'm saying it out loud, it's really a story of, like, justice. It's really a story of, mm-hmm. like, coming full circle all the time, you know? Like, mm-hmm. people just kind of, they get what they deserve. They're going to they're gonna let him have it, you know? That is exactly what it's all about. And... Honestly, this is probably the movie that I would say closest uh, or, or most closely follows or, or or describes actual pagan beliefs. Mm. You know, obviously it's very it's very uh, sensationalized, sensationalized <laughs> mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. to a certain extent, a lot of what is talked about in the movie is 
actual, I will say at the very least Wicca, mm-hmm. and a lot of it does have roots in paganism, but the idea of, of the rule of three and uh, do what you will, harm none, all of that is is actual. Yes. You know, practice. that's actual mm-hmm. pagan practice. Mm-hmm. So, and I think it is obviously the, the theme of the movie, know what you're doing before you do it and do it uh, with the best intention. Yeah. So, I think, and I think Robin Tunney, who uh, who plays Sarah, probably is the best example of that because we see the love spell that she puts on Skeet Ulrich, and and who could blame her? But um, I yes. I I felt like, you know, you see how this spell goes wrong for her and how she learns from it, whereas the other ones really don't learn as much from their mistakes, mm. and uh, and. That's kind of what witchcraft is is about in a lot of ways is learning how to relate to your environment and how to how to craft a spell that is actually getting you the thing you want yes. and not the or the thing you need, not the thing you want. I but should also, say. Also, like, how are you? A sidebar. It's so funny. I, it's two I, two things that I want to talk about. It's really funny because my magic. Whenever I do magic, I try to surround people with love and white light. People that are assholes to me. I'm like. I'm going to put them in a box in my head. I'm going to tie it up. I'm going to put flowers on them. And then I'm going to bury them in a tree. And I'm going to put dirt over them. And I'm going to let them get, you know, sucked back into the earth and and recycled back and grown again as beautiful people. But my other best friend was like, oh, I was praying to La Santa Muerte. And La Santa Muerte, I'm trying to get, you know, and La Santa Muerte is a really powerful spirit. Yeah. Um, And I was like, woof, girl. Like, La Santa Muerte is like not, it's not bad. It's, she's not, it's not a bad spirit, but she's a powerful spirit and so she's like, powerful yeah, yeah so i was like you are really trying to go ham with somebody so it's interesting yes how like different witches will do different things i also wanted mm-hmm. to mention too that i don't know if y'all had this experience but when the craft came out i felt like there were a lot of different signs in the universe that were kind of calling to me like i read this book oh my god i forgot what it was. she was a witch her name is miss zimmerman i think they made a movie about about it um hmm. then the craft came out madonna releases frozen ray of light album i don't know if you remember <laughs> the video for frozen which is like you're frozen I, do. <laughs> I was like oh my god and then practical magic came out with like the two sisters yeah. who were also witches and i was like that's it i'm a witch i am a witch and- <laughs> This is it. And I actually. The universe actually, brought me here. Yes. It actually kickstarted my career in reading. I think I must have been. So, what? If I was in 96, uh, I would have been like close to 10 years old. And I started to ask my parents to buy me books on Wicca. And I started to read on Wicca really, really, really early. Um, and your parents got them for you. Yeah. So, my parents were, uh, my parents were really cool about me learning and reading. But when it came time to me being like, but can I start an altar? They were like, only if it's for Jesus. So what I would do is <laughs> I would buy feminine statues. So like La Virgen de Guadalupe, Aphrodite, mm. different different deities that were feminine. And I would make an altar for them because I was trying to like praise the goddess. Um, and so till this day, if you come over, I only have powerful uh, feminine spirits um that are the most that most esteemed in my place like they get like the flowers mm. they get the offerings they get the plants um so it's interesting because as a kid that's exactly what i was doing and as an adult i'm still praying to the feminine spirit but you know the craft i think does a really um 
amazing job. You're right at showing a lot of these different things. Um, sidebar, my favorite is the Latina Bruja, who kind of is the one who, like, teaches them almost. Like, is, like, the one that's, yeah. like... <laughs> the shop um, owner. The shop owner, yes. But it cracks me up because at the end, when, like, Sarah's trying to break free... Not the end. And I don't know if this is, like, a... There's a scene where Sarah's trying to break free, yeah. so she goes to the shop owner. She's like, please help me. And the shop owner's like, we have to call Manrock. We have to, like, you know, you have to do it. And there's, like, an explosion, and Sarah runs off, and the Latina shop owner goes, Sarah! And she just does this to the camera. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, go after her. Go get, yeah, go go get her. Fight. Go get her. And that, you had all the energy own- in the world two seconds ago. You're the most powerful witch, and now you're just like, Sarah! (laughs) When you watch it, think of me. (laughs) I I will think of you from now on when I watch that scene. Because she is like, she, you know, you get this vibe that she's like the most powerful witch. It's like she's, she knows something that they don't. She's so ethereal and, and mystical and, and powerful and, and, uh, I don't want to say aloof. What's the word I'm looking for? It's almost like coy. Yes, like unbothered. Yeah, unbothered. Maybe um, that's why and she didn't chase her. Maybe she's like, these teenage witches are out here again. I'm not. I'm not. I'm done. <laughs> They're out who- here blowing up the world. <laughs> I'm, I'm, done. I'm done. I'm done, This is too much. This is too much. <laughs> she's like, did you see what this bitch did? <laughs> she blew up my shop. Now she blew up my shop. <laughs> Oh, you know what would be a really interesting fan fiction idea is if Sarah didn't actually get her, it was the shop owner who casted a spell and helped Sarah or something. That would be an interesting, like... You know, that would be a great spinoff TV series. Yes. Like, like, the, The Adventures of Lirio. Yes. Which I believe is her name. It's, it's Lirio, right? You know, uh, I don't know. I call she's her She's played La- by Asumpta Serna. I just call her La Latina. <laughs> <laughs> La Latina. I think that would be a great TV. It would be almost like a, like a, like a Buffy the Vampire Slayer. She's just like educating the young witches and like the things that happen when she's working in her shop. And she's just like, she's being like the most amazing bruja and, and, and getting shit yeah. done. I think that's a great TV series. We should pitch oh my this. God. That is so funny. You also just, I have this thing on my TikTok of like unsung Latina heroes and I think I need to put her in it. I need to like. She's in. She's in. Unsung Latina heroes. I'm like, look at this. She's an entrepreneur. These bitches are out here stealing from her. And she doesn't care. She's like, it'll come back to you. It'll come back. She just knows. Look at her chill. She's chill as fuck. That is so funny. I also love that you depicted her as like a chain smoking uh, Latina witch. Literally, <laughs> since I'm sober, since I don't drink or do anything anymore, mm-hmm. I, I, and I stop smoking, I like always do that. Like, that is me. Like, when you find me in heaven, I just tell people, it's, don't look for this. When you find me in heaven, I'm going to be a big, curly haired, cigarette smoking probably old lady that's like welcome to heaven motherfucker you know what i mean like find the whiskey. <laughs> welcome to heaven you I fucking made that. it you're gonna love this place it's the shit <laughs> it's the shit i was you know it's funny david i told you before david and i were watching your videos on youtube and one of the videos uh we were watching was uh your friends trying to guess things about you 
about oh, how uh, if you uh, go to heaven, you'll end up oh, yes. uh, there with a cigarette and a whiskey with Maya yes. Angelou. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Good memory. That is what I always say. The first thing I do, I'm just going to get to be like, where's Maya? You know, and just find her. <laughs> I'm here. You know, I what's, do you know Drew Drogi? No. Drew is an amazing, amazing actor out in L.A., uh, and he's such a sweet guy, friend of the pod, love him to death. Um, He was the one who did uh, the Chloe Savigny, what is it? Uh, Savigny. Chloe Uh Savigny, uh, Uh when he would be like, he he did her in like the most bizarre, you have to look up Drew Drogi. Oh yeah, I'm looking him up right now. Uh Um, But he, when he was in college, one of his professors was Maya Angelou, and he said it was like the worst class of his life. Why? (laughs) He said that she was just like so, like obsessed with the idea of being Maya Angelou, and he didn't learn anything in her class. Shut up! And I was like, I was was shocked because I was like, Maya Angelou has been like a hero of mine for over a decade. But uh, but I I, I, it's one of those things that I just like. I'm like, I don't know if we're gonna agree on this one. (laughs) I fucking love hearing shit like that about icons. Um, Mm -hmm. It humanizes them in a way, right? Like I'm like, um, yeah. Somebody was telling me they were like, oh yeah, Madonna. We went to Madonna's house for a party, and they were like, Madonna does not at, at this party. They were like, Madonna did not go around and talk to anybody. She sat in middle of the living room and wanted everybody to go to her and talk to her, and like did not move and was like, I'm Madonna, come talk to me. And I'm like, rightfully so, Madonna. Like, don't. I'll come to you. I'll wait in line to come to you. I was gonna say. That's a but power like, move. Good for her. If Madonna wants to talk to me about Madonna, we can discuss this. To, we, I'll gladly talk to you. And if Maya Angelou wants to go over <laughs> Maya Angelou, if that's the topic of the dinner, yes, Maya, what? let's talk about it. She stabbed a horse. Like, she stabbed a horse during like, the civil rights movement. <laughs> I love that. It, it was like, you didn't name one poem. You didn't, it was like, no, she stabbed a horse. She stabbed a horse. Mr. Ed would still be here today if it had not been for Maya Angelou. Exactly. So I'm like, yes, girl, what do you want to talk about? Don't, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. One of my favorite interviews is someone was interviewing her and they were like, they were like, do you own a gun? And she was like, yes, I own a gun. Oh my God. She was like, I keep it in the living room. And they were like, what? Because they were expecting her to be like Maya Angelou, like insightful and like, and and just like calm and sweet. And she was like, no, you walk up onto my doorstep. I'm going to shoot your ass if I don't know you. And they were like, and they were like, oh, uh," like they clearly did not know how to react to Maya Angelou (laughs) telling them that she was going to shoot them. For real, I will kill you. I will stab you and your horse. (laughs) Not the horse. Not the horse. Oh, my Uh, God. And speaking of stabbing horses, this has uh, nothing to do with it. Do you have a favorite witch in this movie? Huh. I would say... Look, I honestly like all of them. I love all of them. I think the the Latina is my favorite because she's more mm-hmm. of like the magic that I like to do. I'm very calm. I'm not very reactive. I'm very much like in prayer of like, I know that the person will get what they deserve. It's just a matter of waiting and praying and, and really trusting in that. Um, but I, there's something cool about the four of them really taking on the energy and the magic and kind of just being like, 
We're tired of being bullied. We're tired of people messing with us. It's kind of like the underdog's mm-hmm. dream, right? I mean, when you're a kid that gets bullied, you would love to be able to go to school and be like, you know what? I'm going to make you lose all your hair. Oh, you know what? You're going to make yeah. fun of me. Like, I'm going to make you do this or I'm going to make you do that. Like, it's kind of like a dream that you get to live through them. And then it allows you to kind of learn like, oh, but maybe it's not about me putting like uh, putting justice on people. Maybe it's about me just kind of like, moving on and and enjoying my own power and figuring that out, you know? Yeah. Um, But I would say, what's her name? Lirio? Lirio. Well, it's it's L-I-R-I-O, according to IMDb. Yeah, I like her. Lirio. Um, what about y'all? I, I think that's definitely a good choice. I'm I'm definitely gonna have to go with Nancy. I I think as as far as as far as witches are concerned, like in my personal life, maybe not, but as Pissy Miles, I'm like, I am absolutely one hundred percent the crazy bitch who like did not think about what she was doing and was like, No, I'm going to ruin everything. Gonna, and just went and fucking, fucking did it. Yeah, I want every fucking whale on the beach. I want every whale. And the shark that Melbourne kicked. I want it on the fucking beach. And I want Melbourne and her fucking shark here too. (laughs) What about you, Sam? I've always been partial to Rochelle personally. Mm, I uh I always thought that she had like, she was so justified that I almost feel like she didn't get what she deserved at the end. I was like, no, Rochelle's fine. Like, leave Rochelle alone. You're so right. You're so, like, Rochelle was going after a fucking racist. Like, why is she? You know mm-hmm. what I think? Because I was watching, yeah, like, when I watched it again, I was, bitch. yeah, like, fuck it up. I think Rochelle fucked up when she started to go with Nancy. I think that, like, has she been mm. like, you know what? Let me go hang. Um, let me go hang on this side and not worry about Nancy and her crazy ass. I think she would have been okay, you know? But I think that she just yeah. got yeah. caught up with the wrong people. But I agree. And, you know, that was kind of something that I considered when we when we were talking about getting into this movie. I learned something recently because I've always been very anti uh, cursing and hexing in magic. It's always something that just feels a little too dark for me. Yes. Um, uh-huh. But... I was listening to uh, an interview recently with a witch from Brooklyn and mm-hmm. they were talking about how it's this kind of misconception about witchcraft that like, you know, the rule of three times three, if you curse someone, the curse is coming back to you. It's like, no, energy is like the energy you put out comes back to you. And sometimes that comes from another witch. Sometimes that comes from another person. So if you're like like the girl who uh, is torturing Rochelle, I can't remember, uh, Laura, mm-hmm. is she was putting that energy out into the universe. And mm. now that energy coming back to her is not it's not bad on Rochelle. Witches have a right to protect themselves. And mm-hmm. if magic ha- is how they do it, then that's how they do it. So I I personally have kind of grown to evolve about the, the mm-hmm. outlook of a curse. I don't think it's something that should be used kind of nonchalantly. No. But yes. it is definitely something that I I think if 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 it is within reason, it's within reason. No, I agree with that. Especially like in the movie, she's sitting in the shower, like her hair's all falling out. And she's like, what did I do to deserve this? And it's like, bitch, you did everything. Everything. To everything. This. You were torturing someone. <laughs> you horrible person. Um, you know what's so interesting? Because I do feel like 
I agree, and I also don't, because I, I, I'm very much a, to me, the idea that you somehow have to be the one to carry out justice against somebody, um, to me, uh, feels a little bit like an ego, right? Like, I have to be the one. And so at what point do you recognize mm. that the energy, you know, and that's the other thing, too, which I really love, and it's actually part of my belief, is that uh, Lirio, Lirio, she actually says there's no good magic or white magic or black magic or evil magic. There's only the witch, right? And so mm-hmm. um, I believe that there's only energy. It is only up to the witch or the the conduit, the instrument on how they use it. And so for me, I try to stay in a space of like, you are a horrible person. You are an asshole. And I think that the universe will handle you. It's not necessarily a part of me to punish you, but it is, it is a part of me to protect myself. You're right, right? Like, mm. but I'm not sure that hexes or anything in that sort of way is any sort of thing that is... Um, that's not what I believe that you should do. I also think that, like, do I believe... Um, I forgot what it was that I... And I might butcher this, but I, it was my understanding that witches pray to... Uh, I don't know if it was the Orishas or it was, like, a level of spirits. And they ask them to help, like, help me punish so-and-so. And then they decide whether they take it to the next level of divinity mm-hmm. Um and I'm fucking this up completely. I heard it once and I never remember I never remember where I heard it from. But they decide if they will carry out the task if it is something that they see that it, it is suitable. Um, if they don't, if it is something that they're like, actually, no, like you're in the wrong, they will flip it on you because you've created the energy, but now it has nowhere to go. So it must go back to you. And so it's an interesting thing to kind of just look at those different ideas of magic and understanding. I am trying to get to a space where I don't believe in good and evil. I believe in negative and positive charges. And I think mm. that negative charges... Um, I kind of, I was actually trying to do research on like batteries. You know how when you put like the positive and the negative together um, and the like the negative and the negative together, they like kind of bounce off or they're attracted. I was trying to think right. like, what is the science behind negative and positive energy? Like what is the, there's gotta be something there. Like the connection between actual scientific data between negative and positive charges and good people and people that are assholes, you know? Um mm. When I when I figure it out, <laughs> when I when I figure this out, I'll, I'll hit you up. But there's something there. I I mean, I also just think if you're out here wasting your energy on hexing people, like I would do protection. I would definitely do protection spells. Mm-hmm. I would definitely do like um, make them see, like pray that they can get to a point where that spirit mm. is like can see what they're doing and see the harm that they're causing and and give it to. Have you ever done universe. protection magic? All the time. I mean, that's part of really? my protection magic, which could be seen as, as a hex too. It could be seen as something um, really like people might think it's negative, but I do picture myself putting um, people in like a, like a box. So I bury everything in, mm-hmm. at, at, at the base of the tree, always at the tree of right. life. Like I pick, I put them in a box. Um, I tie them up in a really beautiful ribbon. I honor them. I lower them at the base of the tree um sometimes for shits and giggles i picture them screaming and i put dirt over it (laughs) and then i'm like um 
you know, dear earth, like, please like heal this person, take them into your love and into your guidance and into your light and allow them to grow, be rejuvenated, um, uh, make them a better person, but also like take them deep and away from me. Like, I don't want them, like take them away from me. And it usually works. I've, I've done it on, on like maybe like two or three people that I'm just like, I just don't want to run into them. I don't want to see them. Um, I had a stalker that I did it to. Never saw him. Never heard from him. Um, really? Yeah, I did it to another person that I just didn't want to see because they were kind of really aggressive and mean. And um, it's part of like a prayer. It's a visualization. It's like a mm. things that and and then you go into like deep chant, like where you just lay back. I light all my candles. I go into deep chant. And I'm and I ask all of my ancestors, like my grandmother, my other grandmother that passed away. I ask my guides and my angels to like be with me, help me carry out this this prayer, um, for this for peace and or in for the sake of peace, not for the sake of punishment. I'm not trying to punish anybody. I'm not yeah. burying them like really alive and like, thinking like, <laughs> yes, I want them to suffer underground with no air and in the dark. Like I don't want that. It's just like I recognize that you know, resurrection, there's power in resurrection, there's power in a rebirth, there's there's beauty in, in the cycle of life, you know, and I want to just... Yeah. How interesting. In. You're a much nicer person than me. I was just about to say, I was like, <laughs> uh, you know... Wait, yeah, tell me what y'all do. <laughs> I, you know, I have done some protection magic. I've done uh-huh. actually a number of protection spells. I have even... On two occasions, only two occasions, bound someone, and uh, not the same person. It was it was two different people, but uh-huh, for uh-huh. very different reasons. And and because I thought that I thought that what they were doing was mixing up communications mm. between people, and it, it was very like the communication became so muddled and so uh, inherent with with untruths <laughs> mm, <laughs> that I was like you know what let's let's nip this in the bud and get all of the dirt out of let, like let's wash our hands that's what mm. that's what the binding was for me and the first time I don't know if you've ever done it but um the first time you bind someone literally the only thing you can think of is this movie because you're like you're like I bind you Nancy <laughs> I, I bind, bind you from doing yes. harm against uh-huh. other people and other mm-hmm. harm against yourself and I'm like and I'm like well I, I that was not the the wording I used by any means but I've I've done two different uh two different methods of binding I tend to prefer when it comes to protection magic especially I I prefer candle magic that's kind of mm-hmm. my uh, that's kind of my go-to. So I'll take something that someone gave me, like like if it's a little thing, like maybe the size of a quarter or a little bit bigger, I will burn a candle over the thing while I'm, you know, saying or doing whatever I'm doing. And I let it melt all the way down and just cover the thing. And then and it's, it's almost like this thing is in there now. It, it can't get out. And whatever the intention was that I'm trying to get rid of, it's in there. And then I just go and bury it. And it's like, this is gone. No, we don't have to think about this anymore. It's, it's done. And it has, I it did on that. both occasions work. I'm all like, bitch, I'm about to go hex somebody right now. <laughs> <laughs> and again, like it, it's like you said, it's a it's a great spell, um, and and it works really well, especially when when you're adding all the other elements to it. But uh, 
I think it's it's about, you know, that spell could be taken the wrong way. You know, when you talk about binding someone, it sounds so like 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 you're imprisoning someone, but that's not really what the spell is. It's more about freeing everyone else from the damage that is being done by whatever this person is doing. And on on the two occasions that I did it, because I've been in many occasions where I could have and and did not. But on the two that I felt it was really necessary, it really did improve the situation and that's that's the job of a witch as well which i think is exemplified in this movie is to be discerning about when it is appropriate to go from you know love and light you do you go be with god and Mm -hmm. when you go to okay i'm going to cover you in wax and bury you in the ground (laughs) Mm. see but i bury people in the ground with love you know (laughs) <laughs> and that's possible too. Yes, <laughs> I Sam, don't know if I've ever done it. <laughs> You're like I bury them with a lot of anger, a lot of anger, and a lot of wax. <laughs> what about you, Sam? You said that you would like what? What would? What is yours? I'm, I'm a very non-confrontational person. So what I'll generally do is I will leave some whiskey out for my patron and just ask that they get what they deserve, whatever that looks wow. like. Wow. Okay, I love so, that. And then it's like, okay, I've done what I can do, so I'm going to let it go and walk away. I've asked for someone else to do something if it's appropriate, and I'm walking away. <laughs> See, that's beautiful. Like, you do you, figure it out, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. I think that that's really, I think that's kind of very similar to the magic that I do. But I just love the picture of, uh, I love the idea of lowering somebody under six feet worth of soil away from me, you know? Mm. Yeah. Oh, you like really, really bury it. You put it way oh, down deep. Absolutely. I'm just like, because to me, it's the, vis- the visualization of the healing, but also just like keeping them away from me, like keeping them, mm. their frequencies lower than mine, clearly. Um, and we're just like, you know, I'm trying to move past it. And then I'm going to dance on their grave and just like live it up. You know? <laughs> I usually go like a foot down. I'm like, that's fine. <laughs> Oh, but you're because I'm I'm visualizing it. I'm not like uh, actually mm. doing it. No, oh my god. I'm, oh, I, I'm actually doing it. <laughs> yeah. So when you do the actual thing, I should do that too. I love that idea of going like a foot down. I'm very like, um, and when I do like my like burial actual magic, I'm using like leaves. Mm-hmm. I'm writing on leaves. I'm setting intentions through mm. something that is actually um, uh, can be absorbed back into the earth. That's a great idea. Yeah. I think yeah. I think that's a really great spell, to be honest. Uh, and honestly, in, you know, envisioning it, I think, is enough. But if you, I find doing it physically gives me like it, I never break my intention because I'm I'm doing it there and and it's like in my body. So I'm always conscious of what I'm doing. I think there's there's magic in physical motion that's why Mm -hmm. i you know a lot of people do magic when they cook because cooking is so physical you're you're doing an action you're putting energy into something Mm -hmm. uh and and so i that's why i love doing candle magic because it's like there's so many different uh there's so many different elements it's meditative it's physical it's it's energy that there's there's a lot of different elements about it and that's why i love it so much absolutely would you mind if i brought up like some uh other key point scenes that i remember about the craft that i was like there were not at all please so since we've got on such a tangent (laughs) no i fucking love it okay i love when um 
What's her when Nancy and her mom win a hundred and seventy five thousand dollars, <laughs> and she buys a jukebox. <laughs> <laughs> she buys a jukebox, and I'm like, okay, work it out. Um, the other thing that I was thinking was cracking me up was that. Um, like for some reason snakes are like a bad thing in the movie like the guy who comes in mm. and he's like has a snake and she's screaming and he's like why are you screaming and then the dad like chases <laughs> him out um the other thing too was at the end where there's like snakes and roaches and all these like crazy creepy crawly things i'm like that to yeah. me feels a little 90s that we're afraid of a bug like i'm not afraid of a little bug <laughs> Um, this movie definitely has a lot of 90s-isms. Yes. And then the last <laughs> scene. The last scene had me cracking up because uh, <laughs> Rochelle and Nancy are like, she probably doesn't even have her magic anymore. And they walk away and like fucking, um, what's her name? Um, uh, Sarah. 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 Sarah turns in, yeah. She turns into fucking Storm from the X-Men. Her hair starts blowing in the wind. <laughs> She's like, wings, I command you. But they're there for like 20 minutes. <laughs> like that one scene where the clouds are rolling in, the weather fucking changed, the, the temperature changed, the wind is blowing. They're there forever. And then she makes the branch fall almost on them. And they're like, ah! Um, Rochelle, Rochelle, if you watch it back, by the way, this is true. Rochelle like stares at Nan. At, at, um, I, why do I keep forgetting her fucking name? Sarah. Um, stares at Sarah. <laughs> she stares at Sarah like, oh my god, you have the magic. But Nev, Nev's character never looks at. She just keeps staring at Rochelle the whole time. Like, and I'm like, what are you? <laughs> I'm like, I need take two. She's like, Where's did you see two? this shit? <laughs> <laughs> I need them to both be looking at Sarah. I need them to both be in shock. Um, so it's just I like, know. Uh huh. Oh, I was just gonna say. I have, uh, now. I will never be able to watch that scene without seeing Sarah turn around and suddenly she has like a cigarette in her hand and she's like, yeah. <laughs> she's the chain smoking witch. And yeah. it's like, oh, full circle. Full circle. Full circle. I mean, look. Now you'll never be able to unsee Sarah. And you won't ever be able. To, <laughs> you'll never be able to unsee it. Um, the other part it too will is, never be the same. I do want to say this too that I think, and I, I think Sam, you touched up on this too. I think every, um, and maybe Pissy, you did too. But um, uh, everybody in that movie got what they deserved. Like everybody, like mm. that man deserved to die. Like he was probably hitting on Nancy, like her stepdad, like super probably. Gross. Like I'm yeah. not her father. Like ew, you're fucking disgusting. <laughs> Um, and then, like, uh, everybody, just everybody got, they got what they needed, you know? I know. And, you know, I again, I think that kind of comes back to what I love so much about this movie is that, like, it really does kind of come back to the pagan principle of, like, the power of three. And, like, what you put out will come back to you. Mm. And it, and that is, that is a real thing, at least in my in my belief i think mm -hmm. that what you get it comes from what you give and that's part of what i love so much about this movie is seeing people get exactly what they were supposed to get but then on, on top of it i 
This movie means a lot to me, I think also as someone who grew up weird in the 90s, mm-hmm. because it's like, <laughs> yeah, the, it's just real. the idea, like, I, I always tell David, I want to get a tattoo of just like, Nancy's eyes peering over the sunglasses that just says like, we are the weirdos, mister. We are the weirdos, Because it's yes. like, that line is so iconic. And it it's because, it's iconic for a good reason. It's mm-hmm. iconic because... It was giving power to a group of people who otherwise had no power. And I think that that was, again, part of the message of like, be careful what happens when you finally get it. Yeah. So, uh, you know, when when you grow up weird, uh, you, you have a tendency to be a little bit more tempered, I think. Yes. I mean, what do was you feel that in- way? Absolutely. I think that's part of the beauty, too, about that movie, because like you feel like I feel like a lot of us queer kids, people that were bullied, people that were different, like, we really saw ourselves in those witches. It's very different than, like, the witches of Eastwick with, like, Susan Saran and Michelle Mm -hmm. Pfeiffer and Cher. Like, you're, like, uh, they're kind of, like, well-rounded women who are a little timid. But with the witches in the craft, they were kind of, like, a little bit more, like, a little bit more punk, a little bit more rebellious in who they were before they had received the magic. They kind of, they didn't give a fuck with the magic and they didn't give a fuck without the magic. They were like, right. We're weird. And that's it. You know? Um, Yeah. I hope wherever they are, they have found their magic again. They deserve it. (laughs) Um, And I hope that Nancy is out. Um, And at the very end, you know, it's it's so iconic. I'm flying. I'm flying like that yes, bitch. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. <laughs> before we uh before we let you go, Curly, mm-hmm. uh, I have I have two important questions. One related to the craft and one that isn't. Yes. Um, I think everyone who watched this movie in the nineties tried some of the magic. Oh my god. Did All you ever try any of the magic in this movie? Absolutely, all of it. I think we all, we all, I think you can't see me for people that are listening, but I think we all were doing this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where you're like, yeah. where you like put your hands over With your where face. Where she changes like, her, yeah. Yeah. To try yeah. and change your face or your hair. I wish I'm about to do a spell. I'm about to get my third grade crush like this. Um, I'm like, girl, you just turned into my husband. You're, uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> um, or we we all did light as a feather, thick as a board. Light as a feather, thick as a board. Light as a feather, thick as a board. Like we all did that. And then, yeah. of course, we we all fucking tied dental floss around somebody's photo. Like, I bind you. Uh, you know, oh, like, absolutely. We all did it. We all, I, and even I down love that you to like, dental floss. Oh my god, was I don't minted? know why. <laughs> minted and waxed. Minted and waxed, exactly. Um, and we all fucking tried. Who didn't fucking try balancing a pencil on their fucking desk? Like, if I can balance this pencil, I'm a witch. That's right, I'm a fucking witch. <laughs> I am in. Yes. Uh, my second question for you before we let you go. You mentioned something earlier that I I was like I was like oh we have to get to the rest of the conversation but I, was, I n- literally never stopped thinking about it. You were talking about the fact that you think you grew up in a haunted house. Oh yes. Is that, d- do you did you have like scary stories from when you were a kid? Um, that's my dog barking by the way. Um, so <laughs> we lived in an old we lived in a house that was new that nobody had lived in. But my mm-hmm. sister and I would always hear, like, 
what we understood as footsteps in the hallways. Um, and we always felt like kind of really scared as a kid. Like I would scream and sob. Like I could not be left in the dark at that house. Like I hated it. Like I could not, I just couldn't do it. Um, and we would hear like something like, um, let's see if I can like, it sounded like a, like kind of a noise, um, Mm. in our closets. So in my closet or in her closet, but it never, it sounded like something was like hitting the door, but not like, uh, and my dad used to be like, the house is setting. And we would be like, I don't know, bro. (laughs) Is it settling with a hammer? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think, I've definitely lived in my apartment and I can hear my apartment setting and I can hear this house setting a little bit, but not distinct bangs like that you know Um, yeah and i i also used to see a lot of um dark shadows all the time um so i don't know if the land was really old um it was in the desert so the desert could also be very old as well like there's just a lot of different things so um i think as a young kid there was a thought that maybe i was afraid of the dark but looking back i think i was just picking up on shit like for me to be that afraid Mm. You know, now it's like you can't. It can't be dark enough. Like it's not dark enough in here. I sleep with the sleeping mask on. <laughs> I'm like, oh lord. But you know what I do do now? Uh, everywhere that I sleep, I always close the door because it's my signal to spirits to um, not. This keep is me my up. private time. It's my private yeah. time. Yeah, because I can hear them as I'm drifting do- in, and then when I'm asleep, I'm really? Like, oh. Yeah, I'm like, here we go. You know what's funny? I do. The same thing. I don't know if it's for the same reason, but David laughs at me all the time because uh-huh. we have a bathroom in our in our master bedroom. Uh-huh. And when I when I go to bed, I will close the door to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And he's like, why do you close the door to the bathroom? Like, what are you? Aff-? And I'm like, I don't know. There's just some like there's a weird energy about having open doors in the room while I'm trying to sleep. I don't like it. It And it, it's for that reason. It feels like you're leaving something open to something so else right. and it's like you're no so right. i'm 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 closing all my doors <laughs> yes you're so right i just realized that i do that too i close my closet door i close the actual door yeah. i close all doors um you're so right that is so funny I and not even necessarily that. because i'm scared that there's something in it it's more the idea of like the action of it is like okay this is I'm closing myself off to everything else now. Everything else is done. And now that this is my sanctuary. (laughs) Mm, I love that. That's so true. I mean, there are a lot of people who are like, don't sleep with mirrors in front of your house, in front of your bed. Like it's a gateway. It, I like Mm. mirrors everywhere. I want to see myself at all times. My, my excuse is like, I'm getting older by the minute. I want to enjoy looking at my youth (laughs) as long as I can. Um, So I need, I I don't blame you. Yeah, Put a mirror I mean, above the bed, next to the bed, on the bed, to the oh left God, of the I, bed. <laughs> I have mirrors and angles that are like not flattering either, but I just want to see what I look like from that angle. I'm like, huh. <laughs> just to make sure. Just You're to like, make how, sure. Like, what's the worst it could be? <laughs> exactly. I just want to see. I have one like right over the bathroom. Well, I used to right after, right after the toilet and people would come over and be like, you know that mirror, you can see everything when you're using the bathroom. I'm like, yeah. That's why I have it there. I want to see everything. That's the point. (laughs) I want to stare at myself. I want to look at myself. Look at you defecating over here. Look at you. (laughs) 
Oh, Curly, thank you so much for doing this with us today. Thank you so uh, much for having where, me. I had a blast. It's our pleasure. Where can people find you and what do you have coming up? Um, so people can currently find me at the Curly V Show on Instagram and TikTok. Um, and I have a lot of stuff coming up. I'm not uh, not sure if I'm allowed to talk about it yet, but I have a lot of different things mm. coming up. Uh, but definitely show some love. Say what's up. Um, I'm constantly posting about the culture of being queer, being Latina, and just having a good time with my family, including my coughing mother. I love who, it. Who flipped me off, by the way. And I was like, <laughs> can you go over there? She's like, <laughs> she just glares at you the whole way she oh turns god. into uh she turns into lirio oh my god uh, <laughs> darling thank you again so so much we really appreciate it i appreciate you both so much and good luck with everything i'm sending you big hugs and so much love and thank you for um the suggestions on hexing some bitches out here because this time it's gonna happen. You are welcome, especially in Hollywood. You, I know oh you know God. somebody in Hollywood who deserves yes. to get a hex. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you, mi amor. Take care of yourselves, okay? Thank you. You too, darling. Alrighty, pues. Bye, y'all. Curly is just the best. Yeah, <laughs> sweetest person. Like so sweet and like. Uh, you know, it almost made me feel like, I was like, wow, I must be a terrible person compared to him. <laughs> I mean, I knew I was petty, but I'd never felt so shamed for it. I know. It was like, uh, he he is just like this kind of like vibrant light of a person. And he was like, you know, I don't curse people. I just like, I just like put this thing into the ground for them to like grow and be- and become better. And I'm like... I literally hit them with a hammer. Like I, I, I just beat them in my brain. I don't advocate being violent towards people in real no. life, but I, I definitely don't have like the groundedness or the introspection or the the calmness to put that kind of energy out into the world. I wish I did. I, I admire it a lot. <laughs> no, I do too. I was, I was impressed with the kind of self-assurance you have to have to be like (laughs) i know and you know i really was so interested in what he was talking about especially as far as tree magic that was a moment that i was like oh wow this is so interesting to me because i have done tree magic in that like when i when i first kind of started getting involved in paganism there was the idea of like well if you go out into nature before you just take something you have to ask for it and you have to um, you know, basically give give respect to the thing that had to give up so that you could have it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And that is often a conversation when it comes to trees, specifically. Yeah. Uh, the fruit of trees, the bark, the wood, whatever it is that you're taking from the tree, uh, that you are supposed to, to thank it for it and bless it so that you're in some way letting it know that that you respect the spirit of the tree and that you're going to give back in some way mm-hmm. and to only take what you need. And I think that was also a very important rule uh, or a very important uh, idea that Curly talked about. It was just, I, I really loved the tree magic that he was talking about. And I had never heard a lot of the stuff about like the mother tree that gives nutrients to the trees that are are without I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that either. And so it was it was 
such a beautiful way of looking at the world that like you can be the mother tree and take care of the people around you who who need it. And I, that means a lot to me, especially because, you know, I work in New York City. All I could think of was like working in New York City, you see so many people who are experiencing homelessness and I'm the I I always call myself like the sucker who like gives them money mm-hmm. because it's like I'll be on my way back to my car after a show and I'll see them and it's like I don't is there a chance they could take this money and go buy booze of course but is there also a chance that if I don't give them money they'll go to bed hungry tonight and it's like well wouldn't I rather know that there's a chance this person gets what they needed tonight because I gave it to them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Or at the very least, like, just to show them kindness, because that is not something a lot of people will do. And that means a lot to me. I think being that kind of a person is not easy. And it's not something that a lot of people uh, are comfortable doing, myself included. I'm Mm -hmm. not putting myself on any kind of a pedestal. But... I do think it's something that we as as people could make more of an effort to do. Yeah. So uh, as far as magic goes, it was relevant. As far as just kind of a metaphor for, for life, it is relevant. I, I really appreciated Curly taking the time to chat with us. Uh, and also, also especially about uh, Lirio, who <laughs> is now my favorite character in the movie, and I didn't even know it. <laughs> So I will take it. Um, we do, before we go, have a, uh, another question from our listener on Patreon, Melissa. Hello, hello, Melissa. Good to hear from you. And as we've said before, if you would like to ask questions to have them answered on the podcast, you can join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash family. We have many, many tiers. So if it's something you'd like to do just very casually or if you'd like to support the podcast it is uh it is always always appreciated um melissa asked a couple of questions one we answered in the context of the show she said question from my boyfriend about the craft the group of girls steal from the occult store the owner looks like she noticed did she notice them taking the stuff if so what would her motivation be um and i think we discussed this a bit where it's like she does notice. Yeah. Um, and she, I think she knows that those girls are going to get what's coming to them for doing those things. So the universe is going to deal with them much better than she could. That was yeah. my interpretation of the moment. Yeah, no, I think that that's accurate. Uh, and Melissa said, my turn for the craft. <laughs> if you had the ability to have r- real magical powers, what would they be? And how could that come back to you threefold? This has kind of like a monkey's paw energy in this question. But if we're talking in terms of real magic, I think everybody has power. Uh, I don't say powers because that makes it sound uh, fictionalized and, and kind of Hollywoodized. But everyone has energy in them that they are able to shift the world with somehow. You know, and I do believe that that I have the power to do that. I think everyone does. I think everyone has the power to ask for things and to put energy out into the world. If we're talking 
unrealistic powers, I would love to be able to fly. <laughs> I don't know anyone. Like, who wouldn't say fly? I don't know. I kind of want, like, the force push thing, where I just hold my hand up and send someone flying into a wall. I mean, it would be nice. I just imagine, like, oh, oh I practically teleportation makes yeah. more sense because yeah. it's like I could start getting ready for a show like an hour before the show instead of like three because I wouldn't have to travel and do all the shit I had to do. It would make traveling for fun a lot easier. I could do whatever. It would make my life easier in like infinite ways, but it's more fun to fly. So I'm like, I think flying is, is the way for me. I do respect the force push though. Thank you. I respect it. I don't know how that would come back on me, but there's gotta be some way. I don't know. I'll probably run into someone who can shoot lightning from their fingers or some stupid shit. Or if you used it on an immovable object or some kind of object that was resistant to your power, would it shoot you back? I mean, that does seem to be the way physics would suggest it would work. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how my, I guess the fuck up would be if I was teleporting, I'd probably like land in the mouth of a shark. But, um, (laughs) But then you could kick your way out. I could just kick my way out. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> uh, as far as real magic goes, I do believe that magic comes back to you. Uh, not in the way that many people perceive. I think a lot of people think based on the the lore that's in this movie that that's how it works. And to a certain extent, that is true, but I do think that it's a little bit more complex than that. Mm-hmm. It really depends on the energy that's coming to you already and yeah. how you decide to shape it. Um, again, it goes back to that conversation I was talking about with Curly, where uh, I, I listened to that podcast of an, another witch from Brooklyn talking about how like cursing someone doesn't mean that you'll be three times as cursed. If that person is already sending you bad energy, Mm -hmm. sending bad energy back is not, you're not cursing yourself. You're, uh, you're reversing energy that is being inflicted upon you. So it, it should be used with discretion. It Mm -hmm. should not be used, uh, lightly. And in, uh, I think most cases should not be used. Yeah. But, you know, we're all human. <laughs> and it will come back to you. If it, if it, if you did it out of malice, if you did it out of uh, cruelty, it's going to come back to you. That's yeah. what I believe. Yes. Um, and that said, I think that's it for the craft. Did we miss anything? I don't think so. I, think I mean, besides everything. talking about the movie at all. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, we might have to do like a separate episode where we actually talk about the Where line. we just literally go yeah. down the line on the craft. But I don't regret the conversation <laughs> we had either. with Curly. And no, I think that Curly's points were uh, were very relevant. Yes. So no, I uh, agree. we are very, very appreciative to Curly. And uh, we hope you'll come back and visit us again soon. Mm-hmm. So we're calling it on the craft part one <laughs> today uh we may revisit this movie because we think it deserves it but uh that's our fault we should yeah. we should have we probably should have been better about leading the conversation but we appreciate curly joining us we loved getting to chat with you and uh all the stories you shared with us if you would like to hear more please check in next week for more 13 weeks of halloween or join us on patreon.com slash my spooky gay family for more 
extra special mini-sodes, and that means double the 13 weeks of Halloween. That's like 26 weeks of Halloween. Just about. Just about. So until next week, stay spoopy and remember. I bind you from doing harm, Nancy. Harm against other people and harm against yourself. I bind you from doing harm, Nancy. Harm against other people and harm against yourself. My Spooky Gay Family features music by Nate Walker, artwork by David Elon, and this episode contains clips from The Craft, distributed by Columbia Pictures 1996. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, leave us a nice message, and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Patreon, and YouTube. My Spooky Gay Family is a product of Barbara Duel Productions. Barbara Duel Productions.